Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. And I want to be very clear about one thing. Uh, He did describe that there were approximately 20 occasions over the course of their uh, nearly decade-long business relationship where when one of them called the other, um, that Hunter Biden would uh, ask his father to say hello to whomever he was at dinner. He said there were sometimes when it was friends and sometimes when it was uh, potential business partners or business partners. But the witness was unequivocal and stated very clearly that they never discussed any business on that phone conversations. There were niceties and there was a hello and there we talked about the weather or whatever it was, but it was never any business. That is Representative Dan Goldman saying very clearly to America, I think you're a schmuck and you don't know how to tell the difference between a casual conversation and what lies underneath. But all of us understand that putting dad on the phone for a second was a show to whoever he wanted to do business with, whoever Hunter wanted to be in business bed with, that the big guy was with him. Everybody who is anybody who has ever watched any length of movie for any amount of time knows this. And yet there's Congressman Dan Goldman, Democrat from New York, telling you you don't know what you're talking about. As a matter of fact, it's all an illusion. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Let me bring in Kerry Pickett here. She is with the Washington Times as a reporter, also a radio host at Sirius XM. Kerry is one of the few people who's actually there when the thing happens. She's not reporting on the news. She's there as the news is breaking. And you were part of the gaggle, uh, if you will, that nobody was talking about. When Goldman made the illusion uh, comment, which we will get to, you have the audio of, we'll play it. But I think the real story here is get into, like, as, as you saw it, Joe Biden is the brand. Devin Archer, the former business partner of Hunter Biden, stating quite clearly, Joe Biden was the brand and the objective was to get Hunter into these companies so he could profit off of the brand and maybe that company can get a little brand, meaning Joe Biden protection. That's right. What we have here is the the you end up having Devin Archer, who is a former business partner of Hunter Biden, the son of the president. And you'd have about he had Devin Archer, who said that there was about 20 phone calls in the span of 10 years that he could remember that were all on speakerphone. And they they included the then vice president, now president Biden. Hunter Biden, and apparently Devin Archer had his ear in there, and a, 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 a foreign business person. And according to Dan Goldman, New York Democrat congressman, uh, he's saying that no business talk was going on. Well, you know, come on, Tony. You know as well as I do that just because you have – a golf date with a bunch of business guys uh, doesn't mean that business isn't implied. Right. And that's what's going on here, that, you know, you have the Democrats who are essentially saying, hey, look, we're, we're, we're saying that business wasn't talked about. 
this is this is being a fight over semantics. The problem is is that you have you have a number of suspicious activity reports. You have a number of banknotes that have already been put out there. So you have a lot of documents that have already been uh, you know put out there. You have a number of whistleblowers who have already testified under oath. And I don't disagree, so- Carrie, about any of that. But before we get it, I, I want to make sure we've got the cart and then the horse, or the horse and then the cart, however courts and carts and horses go. Because the first part here is this idea that somehow Joe Biden, we were told, Joe Biden never, ever discussed overseas business dealings with his son, Hunter Biden. This was a montage that Fox News put together of Joe Biden going back to November of 2019. I did not know he was on the board of that company. I've never discussed my business or their business, my sons or daughters. I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. Well, that's clearly not true. That, Carrie, uh, Carrie Pickett of the Washington Times, that entire dream statement that that fever dream is blown out of the water by by the testimony of Devin Archer and by representative Goldman basically saying yeah it's true but, but you see they're trying to fight semantics okay they think that look no business was talked about they talked about the weather maybe it was climate change you know because now they're trying to kind of move towards that whole thing Politics, you know, casual niceties and so on and so forth. Look, you go to some like country like Ukraine, Romania, China, and so on and so forth, and you have like a crooked company out there. And you take a guy like Hunter Biden who says, hey, guess what? I can dial in my dad. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, dad. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce you to my... Uh, friend over here my business partner and and then dad's gonna go hey how you doing and then you know they may have some casual niceties like it's sunny out here over in paris it's sunny out here over here over here cafe milano um wonderful thanks for talking to us dad about nothing wink wink nod nod and then dad gets off the phone and then hunter biden says see i can call my dad whenever i want Thing. Which is, yeah, that's, and that's, and that's exactly down. it. The the argument being made by Goldman, and I don't know how Dan Goldman all of a sudden became the poster boy for this. What what bet did he lose to be able to be this guy? The argument that he's making is we don't understand how the world works. We are we are supposed to somehow close our eyes to it. You were there yesterday, right? A lot of people uh, shared audio and, and video from uh, that Dan Goldman uh, press conference, but you were there for another press conference because if I understand you right, after two hours of Devin Archer, the Republicans were done and then the Democrats went, and that's when Dan Goldman made his first statements, right? Correct. So the first two hours of the deposition, you had Republicans questioning Devin Archer and you had Goldman come out there and that was when he was sweaty and that's when he was saying, oh, there was no business dealings that were going on at any of these 
speakerphone conversations and blah, blah, blah. That's what everyone saw on Fox News or whatever channel you were watching and so on and so forth, okay? Then there was the second presser that nobody saw, but I got some audio for you. So this is where the entire illusion of access conversation uh, comes from. It's this right here. Listen. Yes, what he said, his, his exact testimony was that he had, Hunter Biden possessed actual experience and contacts in Washington, D.C., in the political sphere, in the lobbying sphere, in the executive branch, and that he was, that that is ultimately what he was providing to Burisma. But in return for pressure from Burisma, he had to give the illusion, and he used that term, the illusion of access to his father, and he tried to get credit for things that he, that Mr. Archer testified Hunter had nothing to do with, such as when Vice President Biden went to Ukraine on his own, there, it will come out, there is a, a part of the evidence where Hunter said, well, let's tell them that I have no idea what's gonna happen, but um, I can take credit for the fact that he's going. He was not involved in any of that at all, but he was trying to get credit for with Burisma on behalf of actions that his father took that were completely unrelated to anything that Hunter Biden did. Now, it's clear to me that Hunter Biden would try and take credit for anything he could because he's a duplicitous uh, lowlife of a guy, talking to Kerry Pickett of the Washington Times. But what an argument to make that Devin Archer described it this way. So really, it was Hunter just trying to create an illusion of access when every rational person is now asking, well, did they get the access? Right. You see, so basically, what, like according to Mr. Goldman there, he's saying, oh, no, 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 he was just creating an illusion of access. He was just being a big slime ball trying to trick Burisma, saying, oh, we're just dangling his powerful father out there, but he's really not going to give you access to his father, but we're not going to tell him that. Okay, well, that's fraud, okay, number one. So either way, whether you're giving them access or not, you're still, you're still doing fraud, period, number one. But number two, uh, you also have a situation here where the Democrats, once again, they're doing the semantics game where they're trying to say, well, you know, um, you know, you had Devin Archer who said that it was the illusion of access. Now, I said originally that Goldman came out after the GOP conference, after the, after the GOP did the questioning, never mentioned the illusion of access. Then when the Democrats did their questioning, i.e. just Dan Goldman, then the illusion of access term came out. So my question here is, it can go either way. Did Dan Goldman bring up the bring up the whole term illusion of access? And then did Devin Archer go, yes, 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 it was an illusion of access. Or did Devin Archer bring up the term illusion of access? Yeah, that's what I'm curious about, and we'll find out when the transcripts come out. One of the other things you you did, you were you were discussing with me as we were uh, getting ready for this. You had asked about Jonathan Lee, and and I got to tell you, I, I follow the story. That name is escaping me. Who is Jonathan Lee in this conversation? 
Well, Jonathan Lee, he was a, a Chinese business associate uh, who was uh, headed up a, a, a Chinese uh, energy uh, company known as CEFC. And uh, he, uh, he met with uh, Hunter Biden, and Hunter Biden um, introduced him to his father over in China. But they also talked with one another, once again, over the speakerphone. And according to Dan Goldman, um, once again, uh, said, oh, no business was talked about during that speakerphone conversation because it was one of those 20 calls over the 10 years. I mean, honestly, when you talk business, uh, Tony, uh, whether it's, it's your radio business or whatever other other business that you have going on, side hustles, whatever. Do you bring, you know, when your family, when your family like members in? Seriously? Oh, there's some fa- business I do with my family. But if I'm on a call with somebody and I've brought my father into the call, my father knows what's going on. This is, that is so not even a debate as 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 can be believed. Everybody who is anybody who has watched an episode of The Sopranos understands what has happened here. They fully understand it. Uh, But before we get into really some of the other things your article uncovers over there uh, at the Washington uh, Times, uh, the piece, uh, Devin Archer, Biden uh, played power role for Sun's deals. Ex-partner says phone-ins part of uh, influence peddling. Uh, I wanted to to share this, this part, uh, this conversation you had with Representative well, Dan Goldman about this guy, Jonathan Lee. Wait, 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 actually, ahead. wait. Let me make a, a quick correction. Actually, um, Jonathan Lee, he was the CEO of investment of, of a fund known as BHR, not CEFC. Wanted to make a quick correction there. But this was all about that same dealing with the Chinese, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay, there we go. Congressman, one of those speakerphone conversations um, had to, it was phone calls including a dinner in Paris with a French energy company and in China with Jonathan Lee of BHR. So if you have Hunter Biden and then you have this, these particular business associates, foreign business associates involved in these phone calls, and then you have the president or the then vice president involved who are hearing these phone calls, wouldn't that have been sort of an influence peddling situation going on there if all ears are on those speaker phones? I'm not sure I fully understand uh, the connection that you're trying to draw. Uh, he did testify that, as I said, uh, there were almost daily calls between Joe and Hunter Biden. Uh, the witness, Devin Archer, said that he had a 10-year relationship with Hunter Biden. Uh, during that 10-year relationship, he identified approximately 20 times when uh, Hunter Biden put him put his father on speakerphone to say hello to whomever he was uh, at dinner with. What about that Jonathan Lee connected. phone call? And the same thing. That fa- falls into... The, the Jonathan Lee phone call as well? The Jonathan Lee phone call is one of those 20. So he doesn't want to admit that anything was in any way weird, strange, duplicitous, right. or a problematic, talking to Kerry Pickett of the Washington Times. Now let's get into some of the things, uh, as, as you were leading into, where sources uh, close to House Oversight 
um, saying that the panel, you know, you were talking about bank records. They say they've uncovered new bank records that connect the Bidens to foreign deals in Ukraine, Russia, and Kazakhstan. That's right. uh, on, on a scale of one, two, they've got it cold. How, how much oh. do you trust that they've got it? Oh, you know, I think that you now have more of those bank records that are going to be released. And the problem here, though, Tony, is that you're going to have the reaction from the Democrats, you know, as well as some of their allies, are going to say, where's the evidence? <laughs> well, they're always so, going to say that. That's all they know how to say. I mean, look, there's already documents that are out there. They're going to, but here's the thing, is that you had President Trump, who, who was already first impeached for essentially wanting to look into this entire situation dealing with now President Biden and his son. This is what he was impeached for wanting to look into. So, yeah, this is uh, the, the, the biggest issue. And I think now that we're actually looking into it, now the uh, Democrats are trying to figure out how exactly to respond to it. So here we are. Carrie Pickett is her name. You can check out the piece over at the Washington Times, WashingtonTimes.com. Uh, Carrie, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Guys, there's a lot more to get to. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. watch so much spin on the subject of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Uh, But I think it is imperative that we stop a conversation before it starts. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Always a pleasure, guys. One of the conversations that's going to come up is going to be that when a lot of these conversations where Hunter Biden it's said something to Joe Biden, Joe Biden got on the phone and the pleasantries. You see, this was a time when when uh, Joe Biden was dealing with his son, Beau, being ill and dying, and, and, and he wasn't at his best. Allow me, just, just for a moment, because uh, I can only imagine losing a son is awful. I, I pray it never happens to me. I'm sorry it happened to my mother. If Joe Biden, and I've said this before, so I'm on the record on this. If Joe Biden wasn't capable of handling the job, Joe Biden should have resigned as vice president of the United States then and not run for president of the United States now. It is purposefully insulting to say to Americans, well, you can't, you can't be too hard on him. Look, you can't say he did anything wrong. Think of what was going on in his life. No. I'm going to think about what's going on in Americans' lives. What's happening to them? What was happening to them? And why is it the life of Joe Biden matters more than the lives of Americans? He chose to run for office. And he chose to aid and abet his son in a lot of questionable activities and clearly improper activities. Well, I can remain so absolutely horrified that he lost his his son doesn't change the fact that things happen to Americans every day and Joe Biden put himself in a place to be distracted <laughs> 
He should have resigned if he couldn't take it. Don't ever forget that. I'm Tony Katz. So the Dow is down 24. The NASDAQ is down 75. As has been reported, layoffs down a little bit. Employment openings at 9.58 million. It was 9.62 million in May. And this has people saying, ooh, this is good stuff. A slowing down economy means less pressures, means reductions, further reductions in inflation. Ah, Bidenomics is a dream, I tell you. My God. Gosh, I just want to make sweet, sweet love to it. No? No, that's, that's not it. Uh, may, maybe a little too far, huh? Well, blame Wall Street. That wasn't me. I was just speaking like Wall Street does. It's, it's, totally, it's, totally on, it's totally on them. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669 is the number. 833-GOT-TONY. The economy... It would look, you would, you, you would take a look, you'd see, oh, inflation is cooling. And oh, look, uh, uh, the job market is settling down. Everything is, is, is great. The quit rate has, has fallen by nearly 300,000 people, 0.2 percentage points. Allow me to share a story with you. It started with this story about a, uh, a ship that's on fire and the ship has cars on it and you're like okay that you mean like some kind of uh carrier is, is on fire yeah so the dutch ministry is saying that this this cargo ship which has been on fire for a week has probably burnt itself out and you're like oh okay Man, uh, that that's pretty frightening, you know. It's this ship, massive ship, and then it's all there, uh, out all there by itself, and and it's and it's on 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 fire. And you're like, huh? Did you know that there were three thousand seven hundred eighty-three vehicles on board? Three thousand seven hundred eighty-three vehicles on board. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of cars, Mercedes, BMW. Well, the original story said that there were 34, 35 electric vehicles on board. And it's possible that the fire started at one of those vehicles or near them. Now, of course, you're going to have an investigation that's done. Be like 35 vehicles, 35 electric vehicles. Hmm, Possible. No, I'm sorry. Did I say uh, 35? I meant 498. The initial reporting wasn't just wrong. It was so outrageously wrong that now you have to say, oh, one of the electric cars caught fire and 3,000 vehicles burned and Lord only knows what else. We won't know until we have an investigation, right? You got to look at the thing. But the initial reporting of the electric vehicle is so bad in today's world that one has to wonder whether or not you just made it up because you didn't want to seem as bad as it is. It's this idea of, of, of somehow, hey, maybe we can put that out there as the narrative and it'll blunt the other thing. The narrative is inflation is cooling. 
The narrative is, y'all, things are finally getting better. Over at CNET, the story goes that 86% of consumers said they would implement at least one money-saving tactic. Okay. I could see that. You so, Some places that uh, they, they have a tax holiday around uh, back to school time so everyone can, can better afford uh, their, their things. And I think if you can cut taxes for a week, you can cut them for a year, you can cut them for a lifetime. Makes perfect sense to me. But one of the other things that was said was that 43% of back to school shoppers, this according to CNET Money, will leverage some form of financing to pay for supplies this year. 27% will use an existing credit card. 12% will open a new credit card for back-to-school shopping. Now, admittedly, in some places, back-to-school shopping is a new pair of shoes and some pens. For others, it's another laptop. So back-to-school shopping could mean different things to different people. But credit cards, I shared a story on my morning show yesterday about how credit cards and and the interest rates are now over 20% on average, and small businesses are just getting abused by this. Oh, ripped apart in the payments that they have to make. And you're like, why do small businesses use credit cards? And, And small business owners are like, you've never had a small business. It's tough. It's tough to find the financing. It's tough to find the dollars. It's tough to put all that together. That brings us to a one-two punch that you actually heard here first. A story we did about the credit crunch. A story we did about a grouping of used car dealers in the Southeast United States that had to shut down. And they had to shut down for a short while. They may still be shut down because they couldn't borrow money. What do you mean they couldn't borrow money? Well, the bank is the one that lends them the money so they can go to the auction and other places and purchase cars to then sell to customers, right? That's the model. The bank that normally lends them the money was saying, nah, We're not lending you this money. We're not giving you this money. Why? Because there was serious concerns that the people buying the car, you and me, would have the ability to pay it back. So in order to get the money, you have to pay a much higher interest rate, which means the price of the car would go up, which means it's tougher for the person buying the car to pay it back. Therefore, we're not even giving you the loan. Car and driver reports that the Federal Reserve states that overall rejection for auto loans was 14.2%, the highest level since the Fed started actually categorizing and collecting this data back in 2013. 14.2% of people who apply for an auto loan are declined. They don't have the credit. Their credit is already extended and they're paying 20% interest. They can't even open another card. So now, 1.5 out of every 10 people in the door 
can't buy the car. Makes you wonder the kinds of supplies and inventory the car dealerships have or need to have or are considering having. Because the credit problems that the individual American is having, added with the credit problem that the businesses are having and being able to get the loans and get the loans secured for their clients, are leading are going to lead to what? Do you think that leads to cooling inflation? You think that leads to an empowered uh, uh, electorate that feels that the economy is doing them well? CNBC reporting. Banks say the conditions for loans are going to keep getting tougher. Not that they have hit their peak, that the future is tougher. Something called the Senior Loan Officer Opinion Survey that comes from the Fed, or is at least watched by the Fed, shows that credit conditions are getting stricter and demand has declined. Well, of course demand has declined. You already told me I can't get the freaking loan. Demand has declined. Shock. Also in the news, water is wet. Good Lord. Next thing you'll tell me that Ilhan Omar is a bigot. What are you just trying to, just trying to shock me right there? That's, that's crazy talk. O-M-G. Are you kidding me right now? I am not. As is described, the banks are taking a look at what's out there, and they are getting more and more restrictive about who they loan to. We discussed Credit Crunch a month ago. Maybe a little bit more. And here we are. This is not a good economy. This is not a strong economy. I get why uh, the, the markets, why Wall Street may be celebrating anything that comes through, right? Pretend that it's all going to be all right. Does this look all right to you? Does this look like it has value? Ford is restarting production on the F-150. They reduced the price like $10,000 or so, and now everybody's like, yup. Demand, as is being reported, jumped sixfold. Well, you understand that Fox is going to make, and uh, Fox, uh, Ford is going to make less, right? You understand Ford is going to make less per. Production is up, but the amount per is down. Let's talk about CVS laying off 5,000 employees as they seek to cut costs. I assume all these employees will be in San Francisco because, well, uh, everybody's stealing from those stores anyway. Look, if if you ask me, do I get anything out of the economy having a a problem? The answer is I don't. It doesn't work for anyone. It doesn't. It just does. None of this works. None of this is 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 a plan. You think there's some value, some strong value, 
to the idea that the economy is in the crapper. Oh, look, now the political right can uh, can win elections. Isn't that great? That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. It's madness. I'm saying the data that we are told to look at is not the only data. This credit crunch issue is real. These layoffs are real. You lowered the price on an electric vehicle and people said, yep, I'll take advantage of the deal. Shocking. How does this affect Ford in the overall? How does this affect electric vehicles in the overall? Because there are way too many of them. There's a glut. We're going to see more and more price reductions? Keep an eye on this credit crunch. This credit crunch is a thing. The car loans, where the banks are. If business can't grow, if business can't get access to capital and build, business dies. I'm just stating a fact, whether it's politically advantageous or not. I'm Tony Katz. You know, I spend a lot of my time reading. Oh gosh, not not for not for pleasure. You know, it's it's not like uh, I'm reading some uh, some work of fiction or even letters to Penthouse Forum. No, 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 no. I'm studying. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Uh, what are people thinking? What are they discussing? And does it make sense? And I read people who I agree with. And I read people who I purposely disagree with. And I read people I've never heard of because I think the the concept is, or conversation is interesting. And of course, because I'm in radio, I read the trades. Of course I do. I like to keep up a little bit of what's going on. Jim Avila, writing at Barrett News Media, where there's a, a literally a radio conference that I'm one of the speakers at uh, in September. Fox News should be liable for thousands of COVID-19 deaths. These are human lives, writes Avila. Humans who trusted a network that falsely pretends to be a news source, often admitting when pressed legally that it's not. Where is the accountability? Oh, Jim, I could say the same thing about the CDC. I can say the same thing about Anthony Fauci. And most importantly, I could state quite clearly that ABC and NBC and CBS and MSNBC and CNN and the Washington Post and the New York Times, all whom pushed vaccines without question or consideration of a second viewpoint. What about them? Fox News should be liable for thousands of COVID-19 deaths. That's weird. So so the plan, the, de- the desire, the, the, the want is to get Fox News off the airwaves. Just, just why not say that? Why not just say that? He asked, where's the accountability? It can only be in the courts. Out there today is a loved one whose father, mother, brother, sister, or child died following the advice of right-wing media. If the Dominion uh, lawsuit taught us anything, it's that words and lies matter. 
Tucker Carlson found out the hard way by losing his job, and Fox should be reminded 787.5 million more times. That's, of course, the, 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 the settlement. My gosh, this is an outrageously weak argument. Where is the accountability? Where is the accountability for everyone who died from the vaccine? Where is the accountability for every mother and father and grandparent who died alone and afraid because some hospital or nursing home wouldn't let their spouse of 57 years in the building for fear of spread of COVID? What do you... Where's everybody who's going to get sued by forcing children into masks and hurting their ability to learn language? Where are the lawsuits against Randy Weingarten and the American Federation of Teachers for all of the children who had their education screwed by adults who were more interested in fear-mongering than they were in the future? With all due respect, Jim Avila, this is cheap. What? what you, you had uh, some column inches to fill? I don't mind Barrett News Media uh, printing the thing. They've got a contributor. This is what they wanted to write about. Let people talk about it. And if you were looking for something that was going to be controversial, well, there you go. But as a concept... This is nothing more than a Fox News hit piece. Lazy, boring, cheap. My God, Jim. That's how you want to be known? Only took me three minutes to rip the whole thing apart. I'm Tony Katz.